Oh, hi, I'm Josh Lakash, and this is Wrong Opinion. You know, it's a free episode today. I'm assuming, I'm guessing. I'm leaning towards this is a free episode today. I rarely do these. And I'm thinking, hey, I'll show you what this show is, and you can decide if you go to patreon.com forward slash wrongop and then subscribe. You know, once in a while, I'll do this. And the reason I think I'm doing it today is because tomorrow I'm interviewing Mike Ma, elusive American author, young author, American young author, harassment architecture, gothic violence, and other things tomorrow. So I feel like, hey, I'll, I'll make this one today free. It makes sense to me. Don't judge me. And you know what? It's good for you. And if you're a subscriber already, you can send this to your friends and be like, hey, this is the thing I've been talking about. Blah, 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 blah. Bing, boom, bam. Free. There you go. I'm also uploading this episode a little bit later in the day today than usual because it's been busy. It's been a busy week, actually. And I almost said to myself, hey, I'm not going to do this one today. But you know what? I am. But it's going to be a shorter episode than usual. And probably because it's for free. You know, I can't just give you everything can't it can't be like that that being said though let's start it and um Pfizer's cute you know I came to the conclusion a lot of people were pissed off at this meme a few days ago meme one of the most evil giant conglomerates of the world is memeing us that in it of itself is kind of a slap to the face you know the fact that they felt the need to have an intern go on Twitter to defend themselves. It's like if you tweet something bad about LeBron James and then other people come to LeBron James's defense. Does he really need your help? He can handle it. He's a public figure, basically. He can handle criticism. Pfizer should be able to handle criticism. It was a weird day that day a few days ago because they put this out and then they put something else out that basically said people who spread misinformation are criminals. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get back to this meme, but this is something that they put out a few days ago. They said, uh, Justin, Pfizer CEO, people who spread misinformation on the COVID-19 vaccines are criminals. Not that they uh, are like criminals, but they are criminals. Speaking with DC-based think tank Atlantic Council, Pfizer CEO Borla said that people who spread misinformation on the vaccines are criminals and have cost millions of lives. What they mean is not it costs mil cost millions of lives. What they means what they mean is that it cost uh, millions, maybe if, maybe billions of of dollars for themselves. That's what it is. They don't care about the lives. It's not about the lives. They're they're heavily pushing a vaccine for something that is not necessary. Actually, some people like the one I'm interviewing tomorrow doesn't even think it's a real thing. And you know, what? that's not even a crazy notion to me anymore, uh, because who can we really trust? Who can we really trust? Man, that that ties into these doctors, a video of these doctors saying that we need to trust them or that we trust them. So, um yeah, I mean, someone with regards to this tweeted, few things are weirder than how pretty much everyone accepts that Big Pharma is possibly the single most corrupt, evil industry and responsible for countless deaths and untold misery, but libs and leftists alike manage to turn a blind eye when it comes to COVID because it's a religion. You know, when you, when you 
reject religion, and when you reject tradition, things that have been around for thousands of years, you innately need to gravitate towards the new and improved religion. COVID is that, climate change is that, uh, BLM is that, pretty much everything pushed nowadays is that. And what they don't realize is they can think that religiously or um, spiritually that they're atheists, but no, no one is. You can't possibly be that. You, you have to believe in something bigger than yourself. It can't just be about yourself. And then if you do that, if you embrace that, that notion, then you're going to be miserable. Hence, look at all the millennials and Zoomers out there who really live by that, and it's terrible for them. You know, the older you get and the more humbled you get and the less self-centered you get, the more meaning you allow into your life. So... I agree with this immensely. It is weird, but I understand why people have made this their new religion. And, but I mean, man, it's just, it's just, it's just so stupid. And, uh, yeah, so this is what they believe openly, openly. They're saying we are criminals for spreading misinformation. You know, you can't sue them. You can't sue the pharmaceutical industry. You can't do anything like that. If they were so confident about their product, they can handle a few lawsuits. But no, you can't. You can't sue the pharmaceutical industry over the vaccines. So this is the meme I was talking about. This is a tweet Pfizer really put out. When I first saw it, I thought it was fake. But um, part of the current era, the current time we live in, is that they are saying the quiet part out loud. And more on a more consistent basis. You know, sometimes... We used to think, oh, that's by accident. That's a slip of the tongue. That's a Freudian slip. No, they're doing this on purpose. It's to laugh at you. It's to demoralize you. It's to make you feel stupid. But does it work? No, they double down on it, but it does it work. It's not working on me. Is it working on you? So Pfizer tweeted, it's easy to get distracted by misinformation these days. But don't worry, science has got your back. Fuck science. Fuck science. I hate science. <laughs> um, because science is ag- agenda-driven. It used to not be. I mean, maybe it did, but, but you know, at least we used to think it, it wasn't like that. Now it's openly agenda-driven. But so is everything else. Everything has become politicized. You can't enjoy a, a, a movie anymore. You can't enjoy uh, music anymore, knowing that the band you like hates you. You can't do anything anymore. So you kind of have to just live in the in the rainforest behind me. Go there on the top of that mountain over there. Go there and disconnect. But no, you have to fight back. Do not disconnect. Be a part of society. You can you can kind of live both ways, but you got to do it both ways or else you get weird. I mean, there's people that live out here who have completely disconnected and I've I've known them since I was a kid and you run into them and fucking Man, they're, they're, they're weirdos. They are weirdos. And I'm not just saying that. I'm not like, oh, they don't know who LeBron James is. They're weird. No, the, the, these people have that weird look in their eye that the liberals who inject their four-year-olds with this experimental vaccine have. You know the, where you see all the white? You can see all the white in their eye? That's weird. People have that. I think, I think if, you, if you believe too much in culture and if you engulf yourself in culture, if you completely embrace it, you have that crazy look in your eye or if you completely reject it. So you have to kind of find a nice middle ground with that.
So it's uh, the human brain gravitating towards wild conspiracy theories, which have been proven to be correct the whole time, basically. So uh, I'm with that because so far it's been consistently on point. Then you have uh, science. They're right behind you, about to rape you. I mean, really, it just looks like it's about to rape you into submission and you have no choice. You know, what's funny is that the wild conspiracy theories that the human brain is attracted to, that's your gut. Your gut's saying, hey, reject science. Reject what the experts say. I'm going to go with this thing. I'm going to go with the wild conspiracy theories because it sounds right to me. And it is. Most of the time, it is. You know what? I'm a flat earther. How about that? Right now, moving forward without looking into any of it, I'm a flat earther. They've been lying to us. The globe companies have been lying to us. Big Globe, which sells those globes to schools and libraries, uh, they have to be the biggest. <laughs> they have to be the biggest uh, um, evil conglomerates there there are around. There is around. You know, they, they're probably the ones controlling everything, and it's all about selling that globe to libraries and classrooms. Because they, they figured, hey, we can't make flat ones. It just doesn't spin. It doesn't do anything. It's not that interesting. We're going to stick to this circle. Now I'm, all, now, now I'm all over the place. Nothing I'm saying is making sense. Uh, I'm going to edit all of that out. Kidding, I'm not. So here are some of the responses. Here's one of them, which is a big thingy of many things. It's their tweet. Then it's the VAERS COVID adverse event report, which these numbers, like everything... I don't believe. I think these are actually higher because this is not, this is all done manually. People have to manually submit these reports to VAERS. And, and, uh, a lot of the times nurses or people just don't do it. It's like when cops have to write down a report after a crime. And a lot of times they're like, no, this is too much paperwork. Or at least it's like that in movies. Uh, and they're like, no, we're not going to do it. So I don't, I think these numbers are, are deflated. And the COVID numbers spreading around are inflated. Reports reported deaths by year, COVID-19 versus all other vaccines, and it's through the roof. Again, I think those numbers are probably higher because it is, um, you know, not good for business. So uh, here, uh, September 2nd, 2009, Pfizer fined $2.3 billion for illegal marketing in off-label drug case. I mean, but that's like pennies to them it's kind of just saying that that this company is not to be trusted a hundred percent you know that's all we're saying don't trust this company a hundred percent don't make it their god don't make it your god new study links pfizer's uh bextra similar to viox to heart attacks yeah and so are so they're doing that also with the vaccine boys more at risk from pfizer jab side effect than covid19 covid suggests suggests study Experts conclude Pfizer manipulated studies. Pfizer takes Bextra off the market. FDA says painkiller poses too many risks. Many such cases. Uh, and then someone posted Pfizer vaccines, Nuremberg trials, pulling away Pfizer from vaccines. Now, if you're just listening to this, by the way, since I'm making this a free episode, you can also watch this. Um, probably better to watch this, you know, explaining memes on a podcast, it's a very hard thing to do, but you kind of get what I'm saying, the gist of what I'm saying. And when with regards to COVID, they, they aren't even trying anymore with the propaganda. So here's a, a thing. 
from Yahoo Insider. My child got vaccinated for COVID-19. He says his only side effect so far has been happiness. Yeah. So they really aren't trying with the propaganda. And, and honestly, I think that's uh, kind of insulting. Like, if you really want me to get this vaccine and you want people like me to get it, you have to try a little bit harder than your child said his only, hap- his only side effect is happiness. Oh, God, I mean, really gay. My 10-year-old got his first dose of the COVID-19 vaccine on November 3rd. So far, his only side effect has been happiness. Of course, a f- woman wrote this. Oh, my God. And, and they think that this is so clever. I mean, do they think that this is so clever? I think they do. For me, the relief of knowing he's protected is palpable. I can finally breathe. And also, they always find a way to make it about themselves, don't they? I think this is tied to a tweet of the lady. Maybe it's not, but it's very similar. There was a lady with the crazy eyes taking a picture of her child, and she's in it getting the vaccine, and she has that crazy look in her eyes. She somehow made that about herself. It's weird how they do this for clout points online, for attention. Women, I mean, gays too, but mainly women, really, most of what they do is for attention online. Like Twitch streamers, they don't like video games, but they found a way to get more attention from men and get money from them. It's kind of like a parasitic. It's, you know, they're like parasites. I'm not saying women are parasites. I'm saying women online are... Yeah, I said it. You guys think it, but I said it. As a public health communicator and vaccination advocate, I was already waiting not so patiently for the release of COVID-19 vaccines for 5 to 11-year-olds. As the mother of a 10-year-old with a serious case of FOMO, I mean, this is embarrassing. There was that article a few weeks ago in the New York Times where it was this millennial woman writing about how she is scared of Zoomers because she's trying to keep up with the lingo and everything. You know, past a certain age, you shouldn't try to sound cool. You should be above that. You should be like, everything cool is stupid, and I am smarter than that. And the lowest common denominator typically is attracted to what's cool, and I am not that anymore. I grew out of that. But it seems like many of these millennial mothers or women in general, are obsessed with sounding cool. As the mother of a 10-year-old with a serious case of FOMO, I mean, really, imagine writing that. Imagine writing that in a piece of propaganda designed to entice you to get the vaccine. And then imagine being enticed by the piece of propaganda written by someone who wants to sound like a Zoomer uh, and, and imagine that working on you. I mean, it's embarrassing. I'd be getting questions regularly from my son about when he would be able to get his vaccine. Yeah, because your 10-year-old son is listening to you you all day. Your 10-year-old son trusts you as he should because you're his mom, but you're leading him down a dark path of being a pussy, being afraid of something that won't touch him, even if he was a healthy adult, that won't touch him and won't hurt him. But you're creating, you're part of the problem. You're creating men. You're creating useless, modernized, domesticated men. And it's sad. Your son should be worried about camaraderie and where he can attain some. And not some bullshit, happy FOMO juice in a vaccination form for something that won't hurt him. 
When he woke up on November 3rd, I asked him if he wanted to get his shot that morning or wait until the weekend. Right now, he replied, running to his room to get dressed. Let's go, Mom. We can eat breakfast in the car. Yeah, we'll stop by McDonald's for a nice, healthy meal before a Pfizer vaccine. Pfizer TM. I'm Team Pfizer. Hashtag Team Pfizer. You know, you can imagine the article saying that. It just doesn't. On the way, we talked about how a vaccine is like a teacher for your immune system, giving it information just in case the virus shows up with a pop quiz. Gay, 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 gay. (laughs) So fucking gay. Where's the dad in this? She's probably a single mom. The dad would have said no to this. Although there was a, 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 you know, an inverse thing the other day of, of, a, of a dude tweeting like, well, my 15-year-old marriage is, is, is probably done because my wife won't let me vaccinate our kids. I'm very ashamed of the modern man, by the way. If the modern man was a man, uh, we wouldn't be in this predicament to begin with, with the gender roles being askew. Is that the word I'm, I'm looking for? Askew. I don't like that word. It's stupid. It sounds like a sneeze. At the vaccination site, we were greeted by bright, friendly faces and an accumulation of local media. Well, there you go. The attention you wanted was there because you want attention everywhere you go because you are uh, thirsty for that (laughs) clout. Look at me using Zoom or words. The line was quick and we were ushered inside with a celebratory feel. Celebratory feel. My son was ecstatic. That therapy dogs were present. Yes, because he's a pussy. We already said that. You didn't need to mention therapy dogs. We already knew. And had a conversation with a golden retriever named Tank while I signed his consent form. He had a conversation with a golden retriever retriever because, again, well, I didn't say it before, but he is completely stupid. But that's your fault, not his. You know, I'm not dunking on a 10-year-old. I'm dunking on you you mom. Uh, He and a couple of other kids talked about how nervous and excited they were because it's their first time with Pfizer Uh, and what they were planning to do after they're vaccinated. Well, that's the thing. You've kept them as prisoners and they thought the only way out was this vaccine. So they're not really excited for the vaccine. They want their freedom back, which you basically robbed them of for no apparent reason. Uh, when it was time to get his vaccine, he rolled up his sleeve, looked at the photographer, photographer and said, you can't see this because I have my mask on, but I am smiling right now. God damn it. His vaccinator talked with him the whole time. And before he knew it, she was finished. And then he died. So it says, I finally got to breathe. Again, making it about herself. In the observation area, we talked about how it felt to be vaccinated. He said, I was a little worried, but actually it was pretty great. Just like the flu shot. Why would you give him the flu shot? I mean, we already know. And really really even better because I got to meet Tank, the dog. All golden retrievers are the same. You didn't have to go there. You could have gone anywhere. If you saw a golden retriever, it would have been the same as the one anywhere else because they're copy and paste they have they all have the same personality you know when you when you when you meet someone who is just happy all the time and 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 can't show sadness maybe it's deep down there they bury it deep down but they just don't show it Uh, usually people describe them as golden retrievers Uh, While we waited our 15 minutes as he was running around just being a kid I experienced a profound sense of relief that 
we had been able to take the first step forward toward durable protection for him. Has she read the stats? Because that's not true. And by the way, you know, when they ask kids, like, how was it? And they're like, it didn't even hurt. It's like, yeah, but, you know, just just be aware that there could be negative consequences later on, like any uh, medication. For me, the relief is palpable. We have been more cautious than average because of my, oh, you are married, of my spouse's position with the U.S. Navy. Okay, so he's not really at home. And my training and advocacy in public health, we both felt that we needed to lead by example. And that extended to our risk assessment for our son. Honestly, I had goosebumps and took what felt like the deepest breath I'd taken in a very long time. He was all smiles in the car and insisted we call his dad to share the good news. This is actually even more depressing, the fact that she's not a single mother. Uh, So far, his only side effect has been happiness. On the day of his first dose, his only symptom was slightly a slightly sore arm. It didn't stop him from playing tennis with his Grammy that afternoon. That was the first time he was able to see his Grammy in two years. Um, I added that part. You know, typically the, the major side effects start to become apparent in the second vaccination. By the way, you know you have to give him a third one, right? The following morning when I asked him if he was having any side effects, he said happiness. He bounced through that the morning on his way to school, high-fiving his teacher as he passed through the gate. We spent some time talking about the first things we would want to do two weeks after his second dose. His first request was a trip to Italy, and we and when told uh, and when told to think slightly smaller, he re- requested a trip to the local trampoline park. Don't tell him, but we might be able to do both. As a military family uh, used to travel, my husband and I are just as excited as he is to open our world up wider once we are all vaccinated. You can read the original article on Insider. No, thank you. I shouldn't have read that whole thing, but I did. So like I said, they're not even trying anymore with the propaganda. Because that's what that was. That wasn't news. Was that even an opinion piece? That didn't even sound like an opinion piece. There was no opinion there. That was pure propaganda. It's weird. It's bizarre. You trust us. We are your doctors. So again, with the propaganda, this is a video. Who knows who put it together, but someone did. And it's a very bizarre one. It's the doctors repeating, you trust us, you trust us, you trust us, you trust us. I used to. I'll play you the video in a second. I used to. I used to trust you guys. But then I realized you're glorified Google. You know, each doctor is compartmentalized into different specialties. So they don't really know anything outside of that specialty. So then they kind of don't know much about the human body in general and how everything kind of works with each other. And it's a mess. But that's besides the point. These are basically autistic computers, you know, glorified Google. And they can't really think creatively at all. Sometimes you want your doctor to be like that. Sometimes you want your doctor to think outside of the box. Um, But it seems like uh, pretty girls with... Those rolling bags that say that have stickers of Pfizer and other pharmaceutical companies on them. Seems like those girls have a lot of power over the medical industry and doctors in general. So they're going to prescribe you things that those hot girls tell them to or that the pharmaceutical companies tell them to. 
And that's all they really are. They have that special notepad that they can prescribe you things with. Sometimes doctors do a good job, but for the most part, I don't trust them. For the most part, I think everything they say is complete bullshit. For instance, yesterday, most of the things I ate yesterday were raw. In the morning, raw eggs. In the afternoon, uh, raw beef liver smoothie. And it was incredible. And the energy I got after that, you guys, it was unlike anything other than uh, something I can get from raw liver. And for, okay, I'll give you an example. Yesterday morning, surfed. Then we went to the farm. We have these massive palm fruit trees and you have to have a a 20 foot pole with a hook at the end of it and cut down palm trees for the palm oil. And we just went to see them do it. And then some of the guys on the farm were like, hey, you you should do it. So uh, me, Will and Mike, we, uh, we did, I did two, they did four. That shit took an hour and it's, it's, uh, taxing. It's very taxing. And we did it. It's not like you have to have upper body strength or anything. You, you, it's all technique, but since we don't really know what we're doing, it takes so much energy to do it. Right. And then we go home, relax. Then we go to the, to the gym and when we go to the gym is, uh, before that is when I had the raw liver smoothie. Then after the gym, we have 30 more minutes of sunlight. We parked the car down here, and then we were like, hey, let's go into the ocean. I said, I'll only go in the ocean if I can surf. So I, uh, I, t- I, I left my gym stuff in the car. I was wearing my gym shorts. I took the surfboard that was downstairs already, and I go into the water for 30 more minutes, and I surf, and I catch like five waves in 30 minutes. And then even after that, I had massive amounts of energy. I didn't even go to sleep that early. And for dinner, I had uh, beef tartare. So the reason I'm bringing this up is because these experts and the doctors and the experts in the CDC tell you do not eat anything raw ever. Don't eat raw eggs. Don't eat raw raw meat. Don't eat raw anything. Not good. And it's weird. It's almost like they want people to live this uh, sanitized, sedentary lifestyle. And that is healthy to them. Hence why when they lock down the whole country, they uh, tell everyone to stay home, don't get fresh air. Sunlight is bad. I mean, you've heard it forever that sunlight is bad. It's not. It's not. Your body has to get used to it. And once it is, you won't get burnt. I don't get burnt anymore. I don't wear sunblock. I don't get burnt. So everything they say is completely wrong. So no, I don't trust you. I didn't vaccinate my baby and I won't. And I won't do it to future babies as well. I don't trust. I can't trust you guys anymore. I really can't. And I do believe in the natural immune system. And I do believe... Uh, that that we're capable of much more than what they're letting us uh, to believe. You trust us. You trust us. You trust us. You trust us. You trust us with your life. You trust us with those you love. So trust us when we say... Get vaccinated against COVID-19. The vaccines are safe. They are proven to work. You may have wanted to wait. I get it. But don't wait until it's too late. Trust us. Trust us. Trust us. Trust us. No, no, I won't trust you. And you know, another reason why I won't trust you is because um, you feel the need to put out this video because a lot of people don't trust you. And I think it's because of videos like these. You guys are way too aggressive with this. You're, you're threatening to take away our livelihoods because we're not getting this vaccine. Do you understand why we can't trust you? So you're on the losing side. You're on the loser side. You're on the evil side, and we can't trust you. At least I can't because of videos like this. 
And because of like articles like the one I showed you before where you're just not really trying anymore. And because of the Pfizer cute, the cute Pfizer meme. No, I don't trust you. The fact that I can't sue Pfizer if they fuck up uh, legally, I can't do that. Uh, then, you know, no, I don't trust you. You know, why do you need to protect yourself so much? Is your product kind of flawed sometimes or a lot of the times or all the time? So, no, I don't. They're also trying to scare you. This is a, like a week and a half old, maybe two weeks old, but I, I haven't used it yet. I was gonna. They're also trying to scare men into to getting the vaccine, but with um, really stupid humor. Pee-pee humor. Yeah, you know what pee-pee humor is? Do you know pee-pee humor? It's like the hangover movies or whatever. I like those. I'm not going to lie. I like those. And I miss that kind of humor. It doesn't really exist anymore because everything is canceled. Everything's really boring now. But they're trying to scare you with pee-pee humor. So I guess you can use pee-pee humor when it's... <laughs> I keep saying that. When it's for propaganda. Uh, the first one. Wow. Um... I think it was at the library. The 1996 Olympics? Nicole Greenbaum's bar mitzvah. Yeah, I didn't know what I was supposed to do with it. Well, when you get it, it's kind of on your mind nonstop, you know? I remember really wanting to get mine for the first time. And when I finally did, I was so happy. Definitely get them multiple times a day. I'd say more than six. I don't remember every single one of them, but they're all special in their own way. Walking the street in a meeting. On my commute. Giving a presentation for a class. Okay, so we're f almost 40 seconds in, and what I want you to know is that this is about um, boners. PP humor. But it's not, f the, the, the worst thing, I mean, besides it being propaganda, is it's, just not, it's just not funny. Oh, I got one at a count of fair ones. I guess you could say they're a pretty big part of my life. Actually, it's the only thing I give a damn about. Nowadays, when I get one, I try to hang on to it as long as possible. It's an extension of myself. There's honestly nothing quite like them. If I couldn't have one, it would be devastating. So that's Tim Meadows. He, or I think it's his name is Tim Meadows. He was on SNL way back when, and he hasn't really done anything, so he's resorted to doing this sort of thing. Sad, very sad. Um... And it's kind of funny seeing middle-aged men talk about how if I got one, I wouldn't want to let it go or whatever. You know, it's a very simple thing. The more sunlight you get, the more red meat you eat, and the more you work out, the less of a problem that will be. So you're, they're trying to scare you into saying you can, you can have a erectile dysfunction or whatever it's called uh, if you don't get the vaccine and if you get COVID. But, you know... Not saying the vaccine will do that, but, you know, you change your lifestyle and it's not that big of a deal because you won't ever really have that problem. It's pretty simple. And kind of boring. Men who have had COVID are six times more likely to develop erectile dysfunction. Yeah, I, first of all, I don't believe you. I think you're just try, trying to say anything to, to scare any kind of person into submission. So you're, you're seeing what sticks. You're throwing something, you're throwing something at the wall, seeing, seeing if it sticks. Trust me, this won't work, and it won't stick. Uh, you know, there's still a minute left of this. I don't need to continue, and I'm done with COVID for now. Uh, what I do want to talk about with regards to the political world is it's very important news, uh, really, really big, important news, and it's the fact that Biden, Joe Biden, who, do you know who Joe Biden is? He's a guy. He, he thinks he's president. He has dementia. Don't really care much about I don't really think about him. You know how in 2000. 15 through 2020 actually even till this day 
they uh, n- they they nonstop thought about and spoke about Trump. I really don't think about Joe Biden a lot. The only in- the only time I'll think about Joe Biden is is when um, with regards to the supply chain crisis, because our stuff, my wife and I and our, and our baby, we have stuff in a shipping container that's that's trying to make it here and it's never going to come here. So, you know, that's why we think about him. But really, it's not like, oh, Joe Biden's ruining our lives. Ba, ba, ba. That guy sucks. Blah, blah, blah. Boop, blah, blah. Um, but so I don't really think about him. But I do like his his gaffes because I like how I like I like Joe Biden's racism because it's funny. You know, his brain, since it's mush, he thinks it's it's 1964 and uh, he can just talk about Negroes and his favorite one and all that. And uh, he, he's tried to mention this story, by the way, many times when he talks about this baseball player. He tried to talk to the Pope about it. Okay, I'll play you the clip in a second. Sure, I'm sure you saw it already. What happens with old people is they have a list of like five things that they can talk about uh, without sounding crazy. But the problem is, is that they're like a broken record and that they'll always talk about those things. It's, the, it's a script that they have. And it's, it's, what they do is they say it in order to fit in. Because they know that they're, they're not what they used to be. They know that their brain is kind of turning to mush. It happens to most people. So I'm not faulting him or anything. It's just it happens. He shouldn't be president. He's not, you know, he didn't get there legitimately. But that's a whole other thing. Um, and so old people have this script and they use it to fit in. Joe Biden also has this script and he tries to, he uses it to fit in. The problem is be, with, with when you compare Joe Biden to another old person is that the other old person, their only contact with people is very close people with them. They're not online. They're not uh, on TV. They're not getting interviewed. They're not in front of a camera every single day. Their, their only connection to society is through their family and through their kids and whoever hasn't discarded them because part of the American way is to discard old people. Uh, Joe Biden is, is in front of cameras every day. He's being filmed every single day. So we're seeing the meltdown happen in real time. And we're seeing the stories he uses um, in order to fit in all the time. So when he mentions this baseball player that played in the Negro League, <laughs> which, I mean, don't talk about that. If you can remember that, you shouldn't be president. If you can remember the Negro League, you shouldn't be president. You're too old. That's like, that's like, uh, it, it's funny how it's acceptable for him to be there when no other company in the world would have him as the CEO at all. No one. So uh, this is what I'm talking about. You know, I've adopted the attitude of the great Negro at the... Whoa, whoa, whoa. I've adopted the great attitude... I've adopted the attitude of a great Negro. So I'll play you the rest of the clip. I'll go actually go back. And the funny thing is, is that the media said he didn't say that. Biden said that, but he didn't say that. So here it says, uh, no, Joe Biden did not refer to Satchel Page as a Negro during Veterans Day speech. We just heard him do it. And I'll play that clip again. So, yes, he did. Uh, and then in the article, it actually said that he did. So Scott Greer, height 6'2", IQ 187, he said, Mediate 
even included the quote where Biden said this to somehow prove conservatives wrong. There is no other argument offered to explain how Biden didn't say that. So they put the quote, I've adopted the attitude of the great Negro at the time. Pitcher in the Negro Leagues went on to become a great pitcher in the pros and Major League Baseball after Jackie Robinson. So, yes, he did say that. Let's listen again. Uh, You know, I've adopted the attitude of the great Negro at the time. Pitcher in the Negro Leagues went on to become a great pitcher in the pros into the Major League Baseball after Jackie Robinson. His name was Satchel Paige. So he's tried to talk about this story many times. Like I said, he did it with the Pope either before or after he shitted himself at the Vatican. That was me smashing my head on my microphone. That's that's me talking about the president of the United States shitting himself, talking about his favorite Negro. You know, what I'm saying is racist, but I'm allowed to because the president of the United States was saying it. So, hey, I'm allowed to. He influenced me. He said that, so I'm going to call them Negroes from now on. And if you're a Negro watching this show, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but, you know, I'm, I'm heavily influenced by the guy who's running the country to the ground. And, um, you know, I think, that, I think that we should bring it back. You know, African-American doesn't make sense. That was, a, that was a moniker given to them by, what's his face? Jesse Jackson in the 80s or whatever. It doesn't even make sense. They weren't born in Africa. A lot of them weren't even born, weren't from Africa. A lot of them are Haitians or Jamaicans or Brazilians or whatever. They're not African-American. They're American-American. Isn't that more PC, actually, for me to say that they're American-American? So I think we should dump African-American. We, can, we should go back to calling them Negroes because the President of the United States does that. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's kind of... If you think about it, a good thing because, um, you know, a lot of a lot of lefty liberals, lefty liberals, a lot of liberals and a lot of uh, BLMers and black people and all that, they're actually for segregation now. We've gone full circle or full 180, one of those. We've done one of those and we're back to where we started and they've gotten so woke that that's what they want. So, you know what? I'm with them, I guess. If you can't beat them, join them. Now, uh, also, it is Veterans Day. So that was Joe Biden speaking at a Veterans Day thingy. And CNN put out a special message, uh, which really was CNN tried to one-up soldiers on Veterans Day. That's that's what it came down to. CNN wanted to one-up soldiers. This is like that woman who made the vaccine about her. Actually, this is like all the women that made the vaccine about them when they put their kids in front of a camera and have that demonic look in their eyes. This is the same thing. This is CNN basically saying, yeah, it is Veterans Day, but you know who's more important than veterans? Us reporters. Really? Prove it. You guys have been leading us astray. And, and part of, you, you guys have been part of the, the dismantlers of the country. They wrote, we thank soldiers for their service because they devote themselves to protecting our freedoms, and we should. But we should also thank the media for the same reason, especially when the stakes have never been higher. You know, that's not The Onion or Babylon Bee. That, that was CNN. So actually, it's the same thing. 
not much I can say after that. It just it just kind of shows how narcissistic these people are. How unimpressive journalists are. And they really like to think of themselves as warriors. I guess I guess because it's easy to think of yourself as a warrior rather than become a warrior. You know, if you wanted to become a real warrior, that takes a lot of work. That takes a lot of literal heavy lifting and training and, uh, you know, breaking down the barriers of fear that everyone has. But rather than doing that, you can say, hey, I'm trans warrior. I'm just a warrior because I say so. You know? Um, I just have a few things to say about the, the Kyle Rittenhouse case, which, and I mentioned this a few days ago, it should be over. That whole, that whole thing should be over. Uh, it's, it's obvious that he's completely innocent. Even, uh, what's her face on the Young Turks basically said that she was wrong. Um, and other people are actually starting to wake up to the fact that they're wrong. So I, I have no, uh, I'm not pessimistic about this whatsoever i think he's gonna be totally fine but the fact that we're keeping this going is a little bit weird and and i was thinking about this because kyle rittenhouse is the type of person that um you hear about a lot before you actually hear him or really get to know him because he kind of had to be silent before the trial he couldn't really go anywhere he couldn't go in front of the media or anything like that um, but when you start seeing the clips and when you start paying attention to the trial that you start realizing, oh, he's just a, a normal kid. You actually wish most kids were like him. You know, you wish that kids his age cared about their community. And, and, uh, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, he shouldn't have been there, blah, blah, blah. But he's a kid. He's naive, you know? So when you start seeing these clips, you're like, oh, I actually like him. Isn't one of the things people do in these video games try and kill everyone else with your guns? So that's the prosecutor, and he is embarrassing. Um, one of the things, if you pay attention, is his pin. He always changes it. It's usually Star Wars themed, so that's who you're dealing with. Yeah, the video game. It's just a video game. It's not real life. I mean, that, that was a, a really good answer. And then also he, um, also he, uh, what's it called? When, when, when the prosecutor asked him about running away from a fire, he goes, why would you run away from a fire? And he's like, because there was a fire. Like the prosecutor is really dumb. It's actually weird how dumb he is. You, you you would think that they would put they would have someone good, but no, they don't. And also, the the case is pretty clear. It's not really vague, especially with all the video clips. So something that's happening with this case is people are starting to realize that he is Kyle Rittenhouse is innocent. So this is what someone wrote that went viral. I'm a highly educated and reasonably pers uh, perceptive, and it was only. Today that I learned that Kyle Rittenhouse, Kyle Rittenhouse's victims were white. My progressive bubble made this seem like a very different case than it is. Well, that's because everyone's calling him a white supremacist. Um, one of the people he killed was a pedophile. 
a rapist called Joseph Rosenbaum was released from a mental hospital and then went directly to join the mob that was burning downtown Kenosha. Once he got to the riot, Rosenbaum saw Kyle Rittenhouse and immediately threatened to kill him. Rosenbaum then chased Rittenhouse and tried to pull the gun from his hands. When he did that, Kyle Rittenhouse shot him. So Joseph Rosenbaum died as he had lived, trying to touch an unwilling minor. I think that's a joke that a lot of people said online, but the, his delivery is so good sometimes, Tucker. I mean, that was that's a masterful clip, and it's so powerful because no one can refute it. It's completely true. One of the guys he killed was a, a pedophile, and we've known this for a whole year already, more than a year. The other guy is something not so good either. I mean, the people that he killed were trying to kill him, and it's as simple as that. Uh, but more than anything, there, there was a ringtone situation, epic ring, ringtone, very epic. And uh, the, the judge who, he's like a based boomer, you know? Like, he embraces the cringe. <laughs> he embraces it so much that you kind of have to like him. And uh, I think, I don't know if this was planned or not, but it's just really funny. I mean, the whole trial is very fascinating. You know, I thought I was not going to really talk about it a lot. And I think I still haven't really spoken it, at least in depth. I mean, I definitely haven't spoken about it in depth. But there's a lot of really good clips coming out of it. There's a lot of interesting things coming out of it. Uh, the actions that I had talked about were done in bad faith. That I think... That was proud to be Amer an American. That was the judge. Like, I mean, you, you kind of know where this whole thing is going, don't you? And, you know, it's a little it's kind of refreshing considering that from everything we hear nowadays, it does seem like most judges, even the Supreme Court picks that Trump put there are all liberal. Um, Kavanaugh, liberal, the woman, liberal, the other guy, liberal, Gorsuch, liberal. They're all liberal. The, the only actually one of the only good Supreme Court judges is the black one, Clarence Thomas. That's his name, right? I hope I got it right. That guy's awesome. The one, the, the other one that was that they killed um, with the wetworks in the in the WikiLeaks, um, Scalia. He was great. He was really good too. Where am I? Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, the. I guess we got to talk about this for a second. You know, it's like a boring topic, but this is something that affects everyone. You know, you know how people are like, I'm not political. I don't really care. Yeah, but that politics doesn't care whether you care or not. You know what I mean? Like, you're not brave for, for opting out of politics. You're not brave for opting out of what is happening because this is a really good example. And, and if you have anyone in your life who's like, yeah, I don't care. I'm in the middle or whatever. Like, it, I don't care. None of it matters. It doesn't matter who's in, in, in power or anything. And uh, you're like, yeah, but there's a supply chain crisis. I'm like, yeah, but, you know, I don't care. You could be like, okay, that might be too abstract for you. You might not care. I get it, even though it does affect you. It might be too weird, like shipping uh, containers and all that. It's too big. I, I, can't, I can't even comprehend it. I don't know how the things that I like get to the store, but they're usually there and I'm fine. Right? I mean, eventually they won't be there, but that's a whole nother thing. So I get it. It might be a little bit too abstract or too big for you to really grasp. But um, something that people can fully understand, and again, doesn't matter what side of the political spectrum you are at all, is inflation. Now, inflation may not affect the uber rich 
as much as it affects you because they can outmaneuver it in certain ways, but you're not as savvy as them. And you don't have deep pockets like they do. So this does affect you. And most people are not uber rich. And it's, it's, it's kind of weird that the media is, is actually talking about this. Kind of honesty, honestly. Yes, we're going to begin tonight with the rough road to recovery for America's economy. Inflation, which essentially means high costs and lower buying power, continued to surge last month, with prices rising at the fastest pace in more than 30 years. It comes as companies struggle with a logjam supply chain and a nationwide labor shortage. The Labor Department's Consumer Price Index jumped more than 6% in October from last year. It was the fifth straight month in which inflation surged more than 5% year over year. Americans are now paying more for shelter, food, fuel, medical care, cars and trucks, and many other goods and services. And much of this is being blamed on the pandemic. That's kind of where you lose me. Um, this is this is not happening by accident, and it's definitely not because of the pandemic. It might be due to the, shut, the, econo- the economic shutdowns, from the pandemic, which I mean, you're using the pandemic as a as a crutch for you for, to be able to do that. And I guess they're going to probably try to do that with climate change in the future. We'll see. But a lot of people are thinking. So they're blaming it on the pandemic, even though we all know it's not the pandemic, which doesn't exist. Adding to the problem, costs are continuing to rise at a faster pace than hourly earnings. We have two reports on issues that impact your wallet, beginning with CBS's Anna Werner. In I don't need people outside of somewhere talking about it. Oh, cool. Two women outside of a car dealership talking about the thing you just mentioned. We don't need that. We don't need two more minutes of a recap of everything you just said. We all know that this is happening. We all can see prices going up. Um, I don't need other people talking. That's a, that's a weird thing that the media does. Local news does it more than anyone. But, but every time they're talking about something and reporting on something, they're outside of a building somewhere else talking about the same thing. Like it could just be the person in the studio. It's not like you're at war. I get when they have a field reporter out in a war and you're talking to that person and there's rockets firing behind them or whatever. But to talk about inflation outside of a car dealership, we understand the concept of cars going up. I don't need someone outside of a car dealership telling me that prices are going up. <laughs> unless, unless I don't know. There's no unless. I just, we don't need it. Um, but you know what? Maybe I'm jumping the gun. Uh, I think maybe we shouldn't worry because the guy who talks about Negro baseball players all the time uh, he's telling us to not worry about it. And he, he says it's okay, so I, I believe him. Close the port in China. It can delay shipment of furniture or clothing, reduce worldwide supply, and driving up prices here in America. And the irony is people have more money now because of the first major piece of legislation I passed. You all got checks for $1,400. You got checks for a whole range of things. If you're a mom and you have kids under the age of seven, you're getting 300 bucks a month. Again, he probably thinks all of this is a lot of money. And also, the more money you print, the less that money has value to it. I don't know if he understands that concept, but that might be too big for him. But that's, you know, uh, $1,400 and $300 a month might be a lot if you have a brain that's stuck in the 1960s where you can say Negro this, Negro that. It's, it's not a lot now, though. Partially because you keep printing it. 
If it's over, th th over 7 to 17, you're getting $360 a month, like wealthy people used to do when they get back tax returns. It changed people's lives. But what happens if there's nothing to buy, you got more money, you compete for getting it there, it's, it creates a real problem. So on the one hand, we're facing new disruptions to our supplies. At the same time, we're also experiencing higher demand for goods because wages are up, as well as as well as people have money in the bank, and because of the strength of our economic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's incredible how you could just say things that aren't true. <laughs> it's so cool. I, it really is. It's awesome. So we're we're good. Everything's fine. Don't worry, though. We're good. That's all basic. That's all I can say about it. We're good. And, and, and I guess I mentioned this a couple minutes ago with regards to the climate change. So they're going to wreck our economy with climate crisis lockdowns eventually, probably. I mean, they saw that these ones worked, so why not? They really do want to implement a one-world government, a globalist regime, and they're going to just keep doing it by locking us down for stupid, fake reasons. And how do I know that? Well, they keep talking about the climate crisis, but also, again, they usually use weak propaganda to do it. Uh, like here, this one. Canadian woman becomes world's first patient to be diagnosed with climate change. That's how I know the doctors are fake. You trust us. You trust us. You trust us. No, I don't. <laughs> because you diagnosed someone with climate change. You know, your body is an ecosystem, right? And when you have a fever, your temperature goes up. That's, I guess, technically climate change. But we don't really call it climate change. We call it a fever. So I don't know what this is, but I can tell you it's not real. Canadian woman becomes world's first patient to be diagnosed with climate change. Very cool. Kind of like Biden inventing how awesome everything is. These people just keep inventing these, these things that aren't real. Why is she watching SpongeBob? We're all suffering due to climate change, but this Canadian woman becomes the world's first patient to be diagnosed with climate change. So she's the only one in the world that has it, which means global pandemic. <laughs> she's the only one in the world. Global pandemic. Lock everything down, everyone. Uh, she gets to watch SpongeBob, though. Why is this the picture you chose? This woman in a hospital bed, it might not even be her. It might be a stock photo, and they're watching SpongeBob. Okay. Woman suffers from climate change. Uh, the Canadian... So Canada's not a serious country. Why is this news? This Canadian woman who is facing breathing problems is possibly the world's first patient to suffer from the direct effects of climate change. According to the doctors, the poor air quality and heat waves are responsible for her condition. The 70-something-year-old 70 was diagnosed after a heat wave by Dr. Kyle Merritt. All of her health problems have worsened, and she's really struggling to stay hydrated. We had to figure out how to cool someone uh, in the emergency department. People were running... What's the emergency department? You know, in America, we call it the emergency room. Uh, people are running out to the dollar store to buy spray bottles, she said, uh, said the head of the emergency department. Canada saw a historic heat wave in June. Unfortunately, it followed with a thick smog season kindled by the multiple wildfires. British Columbia, uh, the west westernmost region, of the nation saw record-breaking temperatures earlier this year. According to experts, it led to over 500 deaths. 
Additionally, the wildfires worsened the air quality by 43 times than the acceptable levels. So climate change. She she caught the climate change, you guys. She really did. After effects of the heat wave, the doctor in British Columbia noted that the senior citizen was suffering from asthma. Okay, so it's asthma, not climate change. But this was the first time that he attributed climate change as a direct cause of suffering. If we're not, he says, if we're not looking at the underlying cause and we're just treating the symptoms, we're just going to keep falling further and further behind. It's me trying to just process what I'm seeing, said the emergency room doctor. Uh, this is such a joke. I can't believe this is real. And I can't believe people take this seriously. I guess because it says doctor in front of his name. We're in the emergency department. And uh, we look after everybody from the most privileged to the most vulnerable, from cradle to the grave. Uh, we see everybody. And it's hard to see people, especially the most vulnerable people in our society, being affected. It's frustrating, added Dr. Merritt. So one person caught the climate change. And we must lock the country down. We must lock Canada down so it doesn't spread. I think that's a good idea. And um, in other news, millennials are gay. Nearly one third of U.S. millennials identify as gay or transgender, and almost half the demographic group prefers socialism over capitalism, according to a recent study. Weird how they just mashed those things together. And uh, yeah, it makes sense that people like socialists, socialism are gay <laughs> because it's gay. Socialism is gay. That should be a new Turning Point USA slogan. Socialism is gay. If they did that, I would be a fan of Charlie Kirk. But, you know, 30% of millennials identify as LGBTQ. So then, you know, people would might say, well, people, maybe that's the... That's the real number, you know, forever. It's just that now we're more accepting and people can be open about who they are. No, this actually kind of proves, you know, in my opinion, that um, this is nurture, not nature. You're not born gay. That's a slogan that they created in the 80s and that then Lady Gaga popularized 10 years ago. It is people mimicking one another in society, hence how you have... Um, accents. Hence how in the Valley, in California, people talk like Valley girls, which kind of is how most every young person talks in general nowadays. And, and people now mimic each other online. And a lot of people use the gay thing as a crutch to avoid being scrutinized and being bullied as every young person goes through. So they figured out a way how to become part of a protected class. And then they're like, oh, you can't bully me anymore. Ha ha ha. I'm gay. I'm going to go on uh, testosterone replacement therapy. I'm gay. I'm a tran tranny. So this proves nothing. If anything, this kind of proves my point. And um, Charles, I think his name is Charles Murray. Is it Charles Murray? The guy who wrote The Madness of Crowds? Uh, who's gay and who says it's nurture, not nature? Who says that this is uh, it's, it's people mimicking one another? It's, it's basically mass hysteria, kind of like everything else going on. Nearly one-third of U.S. millennials identify as gay or transgender. Almost half the demographic group prefers socialism over capitalism, blah, 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 blah. And it's kind of like, in a weird way, it's kind of like this. So part a thing that celebrities are doing now, like Harry Styles and others, is they're dressing like women. And I don't know what point they're really trying to prove. I don't know how 
radical they think this is. Like, like if people like me are going to be like, no, you can't do that. Like, I don't care. You're doing this to yourself. You're basically embarrassing yourself. That's what you're doing. You're, you're, you're projecting to the whole world that you're submissive to the agenda. What is the agenda by wearing a dress? I don't know. To feminize men? Cool. You're doing this to yourself. You're not doing this to me. And I can guarantee you my kids won't look up to people like this. Uh, so Kid Cudi arrived uh, wearing a dress, wearing a, a, a gown, a wedding dress or whatever, and heavy eye makeup. And he just looks like he's completely possessed. Like, he, oops, I killed that. Um, he looks like he is not happy because of how could you be dressed like that? You are embarrassing yourself for what and that's kind of my point with the whole gay thing like before you know it these celebrities are, are gonna say i'm not gay but i'm not gay but that's the next step for him for harry styles and so on these people are buck broken that's what it is and uh it's embarrassing Black people tend to do this a lot nowadays with the dressing like that. Another thing they tend to do nowadays is punch people for no apparent reason. So that girl kind of ran in, this bigger black girl kind of ran into... No, the white girl kind of tapped her slightly as she was taking a shot. I wouldn't even say that's a foul. And then fell on top of her. And then what happens next will shock you. She sucker punched the little white girl in the face. Let's watch that again. Oh my goodness, why would you do that? Well, um, it's because people kind of ignore reality. And you know how I said that a lot of these people nowadays are pushing for segregation? I'm starting to think it's not the worst idea in the world. It doesn't seem like diversity is our strength. It doesn't seem like any of this is working. Uh, the mother of the girl that got punched wrote this. This, this right here makes me sick to my stomach. This happened to my daughter at her game yesterday. There's absolutely no place for something like this in basketball. I don't care how famous you are. This mom told her daughter to go and hit her. And my kid gets an unpro unprovoked sucker punch. I'm sorry, but it's everything that's wrong with youth sports. So people are ignoring the actual problem. She's blaming it on youth sports. No, it's what's wrong culturally. Uh, black communities with with unstable families with no father at home um, with really no rules in the household or anything like that tend to go zero to 100 real quick uh, rather than de-escalating things through conversation which it seems like white people do a little bit too much actually uh, the they, they're doing the opposite thing which is um, they resort to violence immediately and it seems like a lot of people that don't have a father at home and don't have a stable household have a uh, low impulse control. I'm not saying it's necessarily a race thing. It might be more of a cultural thing. And when you completely decimate the, the, the family, uh, the nuclear family, it, that this is what you get.
and you're going to see more of it. And white people are going to keep having to take it on the chin when they don't address the real thing. So what everything I just said right now can be misconstrued as heavy racism or racism in general. And it's no, it's just the obvious truth that people refuse to talk about because they are afraid. Stop being afraid. Stop letting your kids get punched in the face. And stop blaming it on youth sports. And when I say youth sports, I'm talking about this one in particular, but um, that's typically the way that they do it. They'll blame it on something that it's really not the problem. So you're not even addressing the root problem. The girl and her mom showed absolutely no remorse and offered no apology. Yeah, obviously. A lot of people are feeling very self-entitled nowadays, George Floyd. Uh, George Floyd's family. Youth sports needs to change. Yes, youth sports needs to change. Joggers. The guy was just jogging. Am I making sense? You know, there was an SNL thing about abortion, the skit from Saturday. I was going to talk about it. Maybe I'll talk about it a little bit. The podcast is pretty much over. Maybe I'll just talk about it for a second. Um... It's kind of disgusting when celebrities have to, I mean, female celebrities with regards to abortion. Again, they make it, they, they make it about themselves. Like, you killed a baby. If you, if you just admitted that, that you killed a baby and you said, I killed a baby, and you say those words, I killed a baby, I'd kind of respect you a little bit more for your honesty. But these people are like, I had to do this because then I, that, you know, I, 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 uh, I have a career now and I was able to get this job and I was able to be on SNL and I was able to win this Academy Award and so on and so forth because I, I, I had an abortion. Can we stop saying had an abortion or because you had the choice? Can we just start being honest and say, because I killed a baby, because I sacrificed a baby to the entertainment industry gods and then I was able to get this job? Because that's what it is. That's what you basically did. But then they do like these weird skits. You know, if it's not if you if it's not talking about it on on, on the stage on, a, on an awards uh, show stage while you're accepting an award, it's like weird things like this that aren't funny. The Supreme Court heard arguments this week in Women's Whole Health v. Texas about the controversial Texas law that essentially bans all abortions after just six weeks. Here to cheer us up, well, this can't be right, Goober the Clown, who had an abortion when she was 23. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! I'm Goober the Clown! So, Goober, you, you had an abortion when you were 23? Hey, whoa! Slow down! I'm a clown! Let's clown around! Hey, smell this flower! You're not gonna squirt me, are you? Oh, I would never! Okay. Oh, gotcha! Gotcha! I had an abortion the day before my 23rd birthday! Okay. It, it seems like you do want to talk about your abortion. So the skit is she's this clown who keeps talking about her abortion, but it's really this actress saying that she had an abortion and she's using the clown thing as like a way to, you know, shoehorn it in there. Actually, I really don't, but people keep bringing it up, so I got to keep talking about freaking abortion. But it's a rough subject, so we're going to do fun clown stuff to make it more palatable. Whee! So you, you know, you're a big joke. And you're not even 
I, like, are you famous outside of SNL? Is your career really going to go anywhere after this? You killed a baby for this. You realize that, right? That's a balloon animal. You want a giraffe? Okay. okay. <laughs> you, you don't have to do this, Cecily. Cecily, I'm Goober. And I wish I didn't have to do this, because the abortion I had at 23 is my personal clown business. But that's all some people in this country want to discuss all the time. Even so clown is women. That's the joke. Not funny. You killed a baby to not be funny on TV. Clown abortion was legalized in Clown v. Wade in 1973. Here. Can you stop saying clown abortion? And what is this? I don't, it's a worm. I don't know. Hey, hey, did you know one in three clowns will have a clown abortion in their lifetime? You don't, because they don't tell you. They don't even know how to talk to other clowns about it. Because when they do talk about it, if you were a clown who wasn't the victim of something sad like clown says, they think your clown abortion wasn't a righteous clown abortion. I mean, what the dick is that? <laughs> Do you see the sadness in her eyes? That's not acting. That's real. Um, yeah, one in three. Okay, one in three women get an abortion. That's not something we should champion. That's not something we should revere. That is kind of indicative of a larger problem, culturally speaking. And doubling down on killing babies is not a way to uh, properly address it if you ask me. Uh, this goes on for two more minutes and you kind of get where it's going and it's not funny. And it's kind of like a downer. I kind of ended the podcast on a downer. I typically have a, a good video, a last video or whatever. Like two days ago, it was of a sloth getting saved that I'm sure you saw, but I still wanted it there. But no, you know what? No final video. That's what I leave you with on this free episode of Wrong Opinion. I'm Josh Akash. That was Wrong Opinion. Here's a song. I love you. Bye.